0: Yo, what is going on guys, this is Mason Pierce here from the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce Podcast and what a weekend for football news it has been. Whether it was regarding the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend or whether it was regarding college football transfer news, we've got it all here at the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce Podcast and I hope y'all continue to listen and we will definitely go in the Cowboys' breakdown of a playoff game they had today against the San Francisco 49ers, and we will definitely talk about the current situation going on with the Bengals and Raiders game regarding the refs blowing the whistle, and apparently no one heard it, so let's get into it. So as you all all know, we first started off the podcast talking about some college football news, and we've had some pretty big news come out this weekend, and one of the most important ones is regarding Alabama transfer linebacker Drew Sanders, who originally was crystal balled by two pretty reliable sources that he was either going to go to Oklahoma or Texas, so I was kind of joking around on the Instagram for the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast talking about how the Red River rivalry is going to be kind of coming early this year, considering they're both fighting over him, but he dropped an absolute nuke earlier this afternoon, and he and he announced he'd be committing to Arkansas, which I think is a great pickup for Arkansas as they had just lost their, co- their captain at linebacker, Grant Morgan, who... He was a second-team All-American, led Arkansas in tackles for two years, and was a great player. So he's got pretty big shoes to fill, but I think he'll fill it. And Drew also will join Jaden Hazelwood, the former five-star recruit from Oklahoma, who had a pretty good career so far. So right now, Sam Pittman and those Arkansas piggies are doing fairly good in the transfer portal. And on to some more news, Georgia's starting safety, Tyke Smith, who transferred from West Virginia to Georgia last season, Unfortunately, he did tear his ACL in the beginning of the 2021 season and had to sit out all of this year, which is kind of a bummer because they did end up winning the national championship. But he will be returning next season to the Bulldogs, which is fantastic for that secondary. They will very much need him. And he was also regarded as probably the, one of the best players coming into the country this year. So definitely watch out for Tyke Smith from Georgia, another another great transfer. That finally committed was ole miss transfer running back henry Parrish jr he commits to the miami hurricanes and i mean mario cristobal is killing it right now down in miami getting all these great recruits to come to his school and this wasn't kind of shocking really for anyone henry is from the miami area but nothing less this is it's a great pickup for that miami running back room which is kind of lackluster in a way i mean it really wasn't didn't stand out this year as it normally does and Another great transfer who committed this weekend is Wyoming transfer cornerback C.J. Colden, who was committing to the Oklahoma Sooners, and this is absolutely a fantastic pickup for Brent Venables as C.J. was a four-year starter at Wyoming, and he honestly might be one of the better cornerbacks this season. So watch out, watch out for the name C.J. Colden, and I would not doubt this guy ends up becoming a dog. And another huge pickup for Arkansas, LSU transfer cornerback Dwight McLaughlin. He commits to the he commits to the pigs. After Arkansas literally lost two of their best secondary players to LSU, so kind of Arkansas is getting the jab back. at them saying, "Hey, we're gonna take one of your guys since you took two of our guys." So great pickup for Sam Pittman once again, and this Arkansas team, man, they might they might come back this year. I could see I could see their ceiling easily being ten and two. And once again, Texas is striking again from the transfer portal after they already got Quinn Ewers. They're tagging them up with Alabama transfer tight end Jalil Billingsley. He commits to Texas after Texas had lost Jared Wiley to my TCU Horn Frogs. This is a fantastic pickup for Texas as they were looking to strengthen up that tight end room to pair Quinn Ewers with even better better receivers after, you know, Xavier Worthy had a great freshman year and watch out for the Longhorns this year. As I know this hurts to say as a TCU fan, but Longhorns might be a team you really want to watch out for and another pretty decent de- defensive player's off the portal now is Oregon transfer cornerback DJ James. He commits to the Auburn Tigers which we all knew Auburn needed another cornerback immediately because they lost both of their starting safety and corner in smoke Monday and Roger McCrary to the NFL draft. So, this will be interesting to see how it turns out for Auburn as well because Auburn's kind of a toss-up next year they lost Bo next to Oregon and they are getting another veteran quarterback presence back as well as getting Zach Calzada, the transfer from Texas A&M, who he, he had great moments this season, especially against Alabama and that upset win, but he also did show a lot of moments where he's like, it's like, okay, maybe we need to reconsider who our starting quarterback is, but nothing less. That was a great pickup for Auburn as they kind of needed a guy just to fill in for a year or two, kind of get their backups and their future recruits, you know, kind of welcomed into Auburn, kind of get them settled in as being a quarterback at a big school like Auburn. So once again, Auburn has done very good in the transfer portal. They're kind of like another Arkansas team where they've done great, but have kind of been underrated in a a way. And personally, for one of my most favorite transfer portal commits for this weekend, this former Notre Dame transfer, kind of hybrid linebacker, hybrid safety in Kerry G., He commits to Georgia Tech, which he is from the Atlanta area. So once again, another hometown kid who's coming back home. And this is great for that Georgia Tech defense that they pretty much the bottom of every statistical category in college football. but. He does give them that much-needed safety and linebacker presence. My best comparison to him is kind of a Micah Parsons right now in the league where he's able to kind of switch back and forth. And I know another player that maybe not a lot of people know of, but Miles Jack for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's kind of a player like that where he's, he can easily play in safety if you need him, and he can easily play linebacker and rush the quarterback. But nothing less, this is a great pickup for Jeff Collins and the Yellow Jackets down in Atlanta and... I kind of want to see Georgia Tech do good. I mean, as we all know, Georgia Tech's kind of been a bottom feeder in the ACC. They've never really gotten past that three-win limit, kind of like the Detroit Lions of college football. But they do have a great coach in Jeff Collins. I do see this team, at least in two to three years, being able to get to that seven-eight-win limit if they continue to get these great recruits. and Nothing less, Georgia Tech, they are up on the uprise. Do not doubt them. But now let's get on to some of the most important news of the day, and that is the NFL's Super Wild Card Weekend. Now, yes, I know Arizona and the Rams, they do play later today. Now, I am recording this on a Sunday night, but I know a lot of y'all are probably going to be listening to this on Monday. But there was so much news regarding these wild card games that I needed to get a podcast out to y'all so I could help kind of explain some of the situations that are going down and overall just give y'all the news of these games so let's get into it the Bengals and raiders game it was joe burrow and jamar chase i mean they're picking right off where they left at lsu i mean jamar chase went off for about a hundred yards joe burrow about 300 yards. i mean i don't see anyone stopping them especially the titans next weekend i don't see the titans in that depleted secondary i mean kevin byard's not going to single-handedly carry them to a win unless derrick henry somehow goes for two hundred yards and blows up but now the Raiders the Raiders did not play great in the first half. They played okay in the second half, but they did start to pick up some speed. Bengals were starting to kind of lose that momentum and obviously Las Vegas was starting to pick back pick up that momentum that Cincinnati had dropped off and I mean Derek Carr was looking like a franchise quarterback that last drive and now I want people to understand Derek Carr will never be that Hall of Fame all-pro quarterback he will never be that but i want people to put respect on his name for the circumstances he has had to deal with this season especially with the the henry rugs the whole dui situation that happened and just overall with the john gruden getting fired and having to completely switch the system so i want us all to at least appreciate Derek Carr for what he has done for this raiders team taking them even to the playoffs because i know a lot of teams that are a lot more stable like the seahawks who didn't even get close to making the playoffs didn't even make so Derek Carr I applaud you I hope wherever you end up going next they treat you a lot better than Las Vegas and Oakland did and I hope you find success personally I think Minnesota will be a great be a great situation for him because simply I know the I know Minnesota's trying to get out of that contract that they have with Kirk Cousins as Kirk Cousins has showed he's not a playoff quarterback he never will be a playoff quarterback and I know that The Raiders are probably going to want to get rid of Derek Carr and find someone new. So I think this would be kind of like another great Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford type trade where, you know, I think Vikings probably trade a first-rounder. You know, Raiders trade a first-rounder. Kind of just literally swap picks but swap quarterbacks at the same time. One of those weird trades you almost never see. But... I think it would be a great situation for Derek Carr, considering he would have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, a decent O-line. I mean, I could see him really succeed up there, up, up north. So, once again, Cincinnati, congratulations also on snapping that 31-year playoff win drought. I mean, that is insane to think. It is it is it. Just to put it in perspective, there's kind of a whole joke going on right now on Twitter where it's like, send the text. And then a lot of y'all are kind of like, why, why would they be saying send the text? Literally, Cincinnati's last playoff win was before texting was even invented. So there had never been a text the last time Cincinnati had won a playoff game. So amazing for Joe Burrow to kind of change this this whole team atmosphere. He's given the Cincinnati team a whole boost of morale, a whole boost of confidence, and, I mean, I don't see who can stop this. I think the Chiefs and Buffalo are about the only teams that could possibly stop this Bengals team, but even then, seeing kind of what, how Pittsburgh almost kind of came back on the Chiefs, I don't really see Kansas City lasting that long, and that brings us into our last game of that Saturday night, which was the New England-Buffalo game. That game was never close, I'm just going to tell you all how it is. Mac Jones played pretty mediocre. I personally think Mac Jones is a little bit overrated, considering you know his coach is Bill Belichick, and everyone thinks, oh well, if you play even remotely decent for Bill Belichick, you're going to guarantee be a great quarterback. Seeing how great Tom Brady was, but I think we all kind of realize that you know Tom Brady was majorly one of the reasons why that. All those New England teams were great because of the leadership he had and the push for championships. But when we look at the stat line, Mac Jones was 24 for 38. He threw for 232 yards. He threw two two touchdowns, but also threw two costly interceptions early on in the game. And When you look at his stats, you kind of think, well, he couldn't have possibly had that bad of a game. But when you actually watched the game and saw how they never really got clicking, a lot of the New England receivers were dropping pretty easy passes. Jacoby Myers dropped a couple, and Kilharry dropped a couple, but Kendrick Bourne was about the only bright spot on this team, going for seven receptions with seventy-seven yards, two touchdowns, and he had eight targets. But I mean, overall, New England, I mean, the, what a fallout from where they were in the middle of the season, where they were considered the hottest team in the league, and we're like, we we all were betting on a Bucks and Patriots Super Bowl, you know, kind of like a Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady, you know, kind of redemption almost since Tom Brady won the Super Bowl last year in Tampa, but we will not be seeing that as New England single-handedly lost that game 47-17, to but let's, do, let's not discredit Josh Allen as he literally went for 21-25, and 25, threw for 308 yards, and threw for five touchdowns on zero picks. He almost had a perfect game. Josh Allen, he's not MVP this year. He, sh- I mean, he's nowhere near close MVP this year. But I- I'm so glad, in my opinion, that the Bills found them another Jim Kelly to carry this team. Hopefully, they actually will win a Super Bowl and not lose four straight. No hate Bills fans, but come on, four straight Super Bowls, you don't win at least one. Now the rushing attack was pretty good. Devin Singletary, he had him a heck of a game, rushing for 16 carries on 81 yards and two touchdowns. And I mean. Isaiah McKenzie, once again, being the great kind of utility tool almost he is, he helped that team carry them to another win. And, I mean, this Buffalo team, they are dangerous, especially since they are going into Kansas City next week. I would watch out. Kansas City do not overlook this team as their defense-wise. Micah Hyde, he's playing even better football than he has been the past couple years. That defensive front's playing great. The middle linebackers are playing great i mean i don't i really don't know who could stop this buffalo bills team i really don't this team this team is focused i love i love the message that sean mcdermott is preaching to this team and i think buffalo bills mafia they're supporting them they got their back through this whole thing so let's see how this goes and now let's head on to sunday's game the first you know the early window we've got the philadelphia eagles playing at tampa bay and well i mean as we all kind of figured Jalen Hurts, he did not start the game off great. He did not really target any of his receivers for the, like at least the first quarter and a half. I mean, I was shocked. Devontae Smith didn't even get his first first target until I think it was the uh, the second quarter. He didn't even get his first target until the second quarter. Now, they did kind of have a, have a resurgence in the second half, put up about a touchdown, and they got another touchdown at a two-point. But, unfortunately for them, it was too late as Tom Brady had already – I mean, he had already – xo that whole Eagles defense, but do not take do not get me wrong. That Eagles D-line played absolutely fantastic. There was nothing more they could have done. That offense just completely fell apart, and unfortunately for Tampa Bay, it does look like Tristan Wurst was their starting right tackle. He might be out for a couple weeks. I think it was an ankle injury, but it was off a play he got rolled up on by a defensive, defensive lineman for the Eagles, and unfortunately, that is a huge loss for the Buccaneers as they go into this playoff push. and. I mean, there's nothing really else to say. Eagles offensively were very disappointing. They did not show that Eagles team we had been looking at. But when you look at back at the Eagles schedule and some of the recent ones they would had, they were against Washington, you know, New York, Saints. A lot of teams that were already kind of hurt majorly by injuries and kind of already given up on the season, you know, like Giants, for example, and, and that complete crash down of a team. But, you know, it's okay. Eagles fans, y'all have a lot to look forward to. Y'all got three first-round picks upcoming this year. Y'all made the playoffs off a season that y'all should never have even made the playoffs or even gotten remotely close to the playoffs. So, y'all have a great future. Um, unfortunately, y'all's first-round pick and Jalen Rager, who was, also a TCU, who was also a former TCU player, he played horrendously bad. Um, I think I still think y'all passing up on Justin Jefferson was insane. But, you know... He's had moments. He's had decent moments. I mean, considering he got targeted three times, only had one catch for two yards and nothing else except that. It's kind of worrying, kind of like another J.J. Arcega-Whiteside drafting a guy in the first two rounds and he barely puts up any production. Now, let's get on to arguably the best game. Of This NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, which was the Cowboys versus the San Francisco 49ers. And like I had told you on an early podcast, Debo Samuel is the X-Factor for the San Fran offense, considering Jimmy Garoppolo is still kind of lingering with that thumb issue that he's been dealing with for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, um, let me just start the chant, fire Mike McCarthy. I mean, the coaching during this game was horrible. The penalties were horrible. I mean, I've never seen a team fall fall from such high success ever. I mean, it doesn't help the fact we started off our first offensive possession with two sacks on deck. That did not help at all. Um, we kind of gave San Fran life by just stupid penalties, stupid mistakes. I mean, you can't hold. You cannot have so many false starts to the point where it gets unacceptable. And I think Dallas is – their first first concern this off season is bettering that old line, finding new players. Unfortunately, I think Tyron Smith he's injured goods. I mean, he had a good couple of years here in Dallas, but he has not shown anything recently. He got absolutely murdered today against this San Fran D line, and nothing against him. He's a great player. It just he's, he's kind of out of that period of his career where he's really good. And another issue, Ezekiel Elliott. Why have we been playing this guy when he has an MCL, PCL, whatever sprain it is, he had been dealing with the PCL, MCL strain for, like, the the second half of the season? I don't understand that. Once again, that's another coaching staff issue. I know that Jerry Jones probably realized that having Tony Pollard as your starting running back is not going to bring in a lot of people, but unfortunately, Ezekiel Elliott has not really – been that great of a running back I mean I know his stats say otherwise I know it's I know it probably looks a lot like well why are you hating on Zeke you know Zeke's had great flashes he had great moments but I mean even though he barely passed a thousand yards this season rushing if you watched any of the Cowboys games you realize that most of his runs were only three yard little baby runs while he's I think while he'd be rushing for about 30 carries so once again, that's another concern. Jerry and this front office need to worry about this offseason. Is how are you gonna how are you gonna work around Zeke's Zeke's contract that y'all paid him that five-year, ninety million contract after he withheld to get that pick? So I mean, I. There's a lot of concern right now for this Dallas offense. C.D. Lamb, he barely got any targets, and I know the, I know he, I know he dropped a pretty critical pass. But at the same time, he was probably aggravated beyond his mind that he barely got any targets in such a huge game like this. As we all know, C.D. Lamb is a really key factor for Dak's success. Amari had a decent game. He had six receptions for about 60 yards, and that that one pretty nice touchdown pass by Dak, which was about his only good pass this whole game, but. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of worry going to Dallas into this off season. A lot of a lot of coaching staff changes. Like Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn is pretty much solidified. He's going to end up being the Broncos head coach. Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore is kind of a questionable hire. I think right now for a lot of NFL teams, especially after watching this Dallas 49er game, because when you watch this game, and you see the offensive play calling. You kind of you kind of ask yourself, do we really want a kid who does not seem to be who does not seem to have that kind of Personality, where he can hype your team up on a Sunday night primetime game and lead them to a critical victory over the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills or the Green Bay Packers, a team like that. He doesn't really give you that kind of head coaching mentality. He kind of gives you more of that, hey, water boy, pass me a Gatorade bottle type. You know what I mean? Now, don't get me wrong. Don't discredit. Kellen Moore is a great offensive mind. Like, I mean, if you don't really know who Kellen Moore is, he played – he played college football at Boise State. He went 52 and three his whole career at Boise State. So he's had so he has success in his blood, but after watching this game, it's kind of discredited almost everything he has done. So let's not put all the blame on this coaching staff because Dak Prescott statistically he went 23 for 43 on 254 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He also had five sacks that costed them 40 yards. But let's let's realize when you watch that game and you see how. Inaccurate. A lot of these passes were, and one of the best examples was the one pick he did have, which was a which was a curl route for Cedric Wilson. And Cedric Wilson had already showed where the ball needed to be placed. It needed to be placed inside the numbers. It needed to be placed on Cedric Wilson's outside shoulder, right? So, we watch that play. You see the cornerback. The cornerback's already anticipating where Dak's going to throw this ball, which is why Cedric tried to aim his body the other way, so he had that upper advantage on that corner and could easily take off for an additional five yards rack right but unfortunately in normal Dak fashion Dak throws it literally directly at the corner even when the corner is already anticipating where that ball is going to be placed which was just one example of Dak completely flunking out on passes and another problem Dak had in this game was Dak simply did not want to get rid of that ball I mean, there was multiple times he'd be sitting in the pocket for about five, six seconds, and pockets starting to collapse, and he would just sit there. He wouldn't try to run out, get out of the pocket, and be able to throw the ball away, so at least we could punt the ball and get and get and have better field position for us against that that San Fran offense. But of, of course, Dak would hold the ball to the last possible second, maybe thinking he could get a playoff, you know, make a Sports Center top ten type play. But unfortunately, that never did happen, and that's why Cowboys ultimately it did end up losing this game. Now, fans, we didn't, no one needed to be throwing beer bottles and trash at these players. I know they're probably already going through a lot of pain right now. They're going through a lot of criticism. A lot of them's careers, they're pretty much over at this point after this game. But let's not trash them. Let's not th- let's not put them down. Let's respect them for the players they are. They did have one heck of a season going 12-5. and 5, But once again we all have the right to be disappointed in them because we expected way better out of this team Jerry even expected way better out of this team and nothing less this was a very disappointing year for the Cowboys considering they, they went 12 and 5 and I know a lot of us we saw midseason kind of who the real Cowboys were when they played teams like the Raiders and the Broncos where they completely choked And, once again, penalties were killing them with the holding and offsides and false starts. And overall, this was more a game about fundamentals and understanding the basics more than trying to make the big play, make the big run, make the big pass, make the big touchdown. It ultimately came down to who had better fundamentals, and that was the 49ers and their technique. So credit off to Kyle Shanahan and that 49er coaching staff. They they outcoached the Cowboys by a mile. And... Once again, do I think Mike McCarthy needs to be fired? Absolutely. Jerry needs to bring in a more younger, more fresh type of coach. Because obviously, even at the beginning of the season, you could see Dak had frustrations with Mike McCarthy and the way he ran the team. A lot of the players didn't really feed off well with Mike McCarthy. Even last year when we did hire him, I didn't think – This was a great long-term investment at quarterback. I'm kind of looking for more of a long-term investment at quarterback. I think – or not quarterback, I'm sorry. Looking for more of a long-term head coaching gig right now for the Cowboys instead of looking at a more win or bust type thing because if we wanted to do win or bust, we should have went out and got us a guy like Bruce Arians or – Really like Bruce Arians. I mean, Bruce Arians, what he's doing with Tampa Bay is in, I mean, great. I mean, yes, it helps the fact he has arguably the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. But, once again, Mike McCarthy, that final season he had in Green Bay where they went 4-12 and with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, which should never happen, that kind of showed that flaw that came with Mike McCarthy's coaching. But, you know, Jerry Jones kind of felt like, okay, maybe Mike McCarthy might be his guy, and ultimately he wasn't. So, Yes, I do see Mike McCarthy getting fired at least sometime in this offseason. I don't know when exactly. Um I do see Dan Quinn leave, leaving to go take that Broncos head coaching gig, which he deserves. He turned this defense around from being 32nd in the league last year to a top 15 defense, and it was all led by Michael Parsons, the rookie standout linebacker, the first team all-pro Pro Bowl linebacker which he deserves all the respect this year. I don't think he deserves Defensive Player of the Year, but he definitely deserves to be in that top three for voting. I mean, obviously, T.J. Watt easily deserves it. But Trayvon Diggs, he also had an excellent year being named first-team All-Pro with, I think it was 11 picks total, which is absolutely insane for a corner. Great year once again for um, Trayvon Diggs. Now a couple guys that need to be kicked off the team ASAP going into the offseason, Anthony Brown. His time definitely is up. Yes, I know he had the one pick in this game, but when you look at the mistakes he made and the passes he gave up to Jimmy Garoppolo in this 49ers offense, it was costly at the end. So I think Anthony Brown be, will be on his way out. Um, another kind of underrated topic, really, right now in this Cowboys defense is should Leighton Vandresh get re signed? Personally, I think he should. I think it should be more of like a one year prove it type deal where he kind of, you know, we see if he's really going to be great long term so we don't make another Zeke like investment where it completely ends up being a bust. Um, he played great in this game. He had a couple great stops on third down. I think Leighton overall definitely deserves to get paid. I think it should just be a one year prove it type deal and then we can sign him to whatever contract extension Jerry Jones feels like paying him. Um, Bo Digizua was a great steal for us out of the draft. I can't wait to see this kid in the future as our nose tackle. Um, let's see here. I mean, nothing really else defensive-wise. I mean, DeMonte De- De- Casey, he'll probably be out the door because he was only on a one-year deal. Keanu Neal, we probably should just let go. I think we should sign Malik Hooker, the safety that played originally for Indianapolis. I think we should re-sign him maybe on like a one-year deal. Just to see, a hey, maybe what he can do this year again. Um, C.J. Goodwin, who's a great special teams player. I hope we keep him around. Uh, Carlos Watkins. I mean, he played a lot. He played really good during the regular season. I could see us possibly keeping him around. Um, yeah. So hopefully we do sign some free agents during the off season because we do need to address that offensive line. We do need to address the secondary. Um, I will eventually release a Cowboys projected. Your mock draft kind of thing where I kind of discuss who I feel like they should draft. And then I'll kind of discuss who some of the experts think they will draft. And, yeah. So, once again, San Francisco 49ers do defeat the Cowboys by a score of 23-17. to And the 49ers will advance to play Green Bay in the Divisional Championship Round at Lambeau Field which that game will probably end up being very one-sided as Green Bay is coming off a very good West rest week and they will be getting all of their players back and I mean literally all of their players back so that will still be a fun game to watch, nothing less and let's get on to the final game of Sunday of the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend which was, the, which was the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Pittsburgh Steelers which this ended up being Big Ben's final game as a Pittsburgh Steeler and most likely his final game in the NFL so congratulations to Big Ben on a Hall of Fame career I can't wait till we all see you in Canton Ohio but in this game this was obviously very one-sided Patrick Mahomes that Chiefs offense they just continuously killed that Pittsburgh Steelers defense Um, they proved once again why they are Super Bowl contenders they proved once again why they are not a team you want to face in this playoffs personally I mean, they didn't really play a great secondary in Pittsburgh. Joe Hayden, I think he his his career is pretty much coming to an end for the Pittsburgh Steelers and in the NFL as a whole. Um, yeah, Travis Kelsey had an amazing game. Tyreek Hill had an amazing game. Byron Pringle, the Kansas State player, he had an amazing game as well. Uh, I mean, I think every receiver had a great game. Shout out Jarek McKinnon for his comeback into the league after having all those injuries when he played at San Fran. It's so great to see him back playing. Um, he was a great receiving back in this game. He also was a great just elusive back. He had a lot of plays in this game that kind of reminded me of a prime Barry Sanders when he played for the Lions. And even that Kansas City Chiefs defense, they did play amazing once again. Jerry Sneed was their leading tackler. But, I mean, when you look through the whole box score and you see how how consistent a lot of their players are and how how, I mean when you watch the game you see how I mean just quick they attack the ball how much time they gave the Steelers to even throw the ball I mean it seemed like Big Ben was practically having to throw the ball once he even snapped it almost immediately you had Frank Clark and all these guys rushing rushing to Big Ben to sack him. so once again great game by the Kansas City Chiefs they will be playing at home against the Buffalo Bills next Sunday night on primetime, which this will be a fantastic showdown. Personally, I think the Bills will come out of this game with the win, but I would not be shocked if the Chiefs did somehow upset these Bills, even though they are technically the underdog. I would not be surprised if the Chiefs upset the Bills in this game. So, and yes, I will cover the Arizona Cardinals and L.A. Rams game later on this week in my next podcast. I know this podcast is getting a little bit long, so I kind of want to kind of want to wrap it up for y'all as I know y'all don't want to be listening for an hour and a half to me just ramble and ramble and ramble about my sport takes. But I really do appreciate y'all checking in with me, listening to my podcast, and just showing all the support. Thank y'all again for the feedback y'all have given me. I'm constantly trying to do the best I can to implement it to make these podcasts for the possible best for y'all. And I hope y'all have an amazing day. I hope y'all continue to be great. And once again, thank you for listening to this podcast. Peace, guys.